I feel that the resources that they provided, they really helped me see almost the kind of person that I wanted to become. All of a sudden, I could see very clearly for myself, like, a few months from now, once I've gone through more of this program and understood more about communication skills and social-emotional skills, I want to be the kind of person who people can come to for a safe space. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. I've had at least 15 students who have increased more than four grade levels. He used theater as a tool to make great human beings. My expectations are high for all of them. One of the things that I really love about teaching is the fact that every day is sort of unique and different and strange. Our guest today, Malavika Ebi, is a first-year student at Swarthmore College where she plans to study psychology and medical anthropology on the pre-med track. Her passion for learning about human potential led to volunteer opportunities and internships during her high school career in Cupertino, California in the Silicon Valley. These experiences motivated her to push for social-emotional curriculum in her school. Her passion further motivated her to write a book, the Gift That Keeps on Giving, in October of 2020. The book provides a personal and detailed framework for self-growth as a high school student braving today's competitive educational climate. She is hopeful that with enough interventional resources at a young age, we can guide a whole new generation of people to prioritize goodness and well-being above status, profit, and self-achievement. Malavika made time to visit with us today about one of the resources that has contributed to her self-growth and her career path. I've been studying in Cupertino since from kindergarten. I used to live in India before that. But because I've been in this area for so long, uh, I feel like that academic mindset gets kind of like drilled into you very early on. So I would say like from like when I was five years old, it was always about like not just how I can get good scores on tests and do well, like in terms of like getting A's and getting stars and things like that, but how can it exceed the teacher's expectations? So there was always that factor of what comes first is like being impressive and having all these accomplishments under your belt. I would say the older you get, the more intense the competition gets in this area, especially once you start high school, even when you're a freshman, it's suddenly so clear that the next goal up ahead is like college admissions. And because of that, everyone has their eye on the same goal and it gets very, (laughs) very cutthroat very fast. When I joined Monta Vista, I kind of figured like, no one seems to be that happy or like that energized but that's okay because everyone's kind of in the same boat so i kind of i feel like all of us pretty much normalized a lot of things that shouldn't quite be normalized i did a lot of self-reflection to change those habits and i would say i'm i'm pretty happy to say for my junior year and senior year i was a lot more of a, a balanced student yeah so you're an overachiever <laughs> <laughs> I have a daughter who's also an overachiever and it comes definitely with its own set of stresses and challenges that are significant. You said for you, that 
stress had kind of manifested in not getting a lot of sleep, of probably spending more time than you should, maybe your relationships were stuff. How did you see that manifesting for your classmates as well within that, that very high achieving culture? There's so much of an emphasis that's placed on academics that everything else kind of takes a backseat to that because it was kind of all about quick fixes, right? How can I put these emotions aside? How can I put aside like uh, my being angry at like a bad test score or me feeling upset over like an interpersonal conflict so that I can study for this test and get a good grade tomorrow? Another example would be I feel like we did not invest any time towards exploring our passions. So very early on, I would say around middle school, sixth or seventh grade, different families kind of hone in on specific extracurriculars, which are tailored toward college admissions. So for a lot of people, that's like playing the piano or playing the violin. Uh, for some people, it's playing a sport. So like playing tennis or basketball. For some people, it's like volunteering community service of some sort. And then for a lot of people, it's also like there's a kind of a STEM community here, a very strong one. So for a lot of people, it's like competing in, the, in these specific competitions and tournaments that are specifically geared towards like physics and math and those kinds of things. So because kids get hooked onto those very specific extracurriculars early on, they don't really branch out at any point after that. Yeah, it's really almost like a, a subculture for sure. So you said that that you were able to find more balance between your sophomore and junior year. And I'm curious what it was that helped you find that balance. I would definitely say that it was kind of the merging of my personal and academic interests. And the thing is, I realized quickly that psychology was an interest for me. I started working with the Tharka Foundation, which is like a nonprofit, working with like child and adolescent uh, mental health. And I also started working with Vivancity. They had this app, which was for uh, social emotional micro learning, and it was like based in schools. And the thing was, I was dealing with all of these issues in my personal life, like for example, not getting enough sleep or like not quite being surrounded by a supportive friend group. When I started to work with Vivensity and the Tharka Foundation, I started getting exposed to all of these different tools, how to manage stress, how to manage anger, how to work through burnout. All of these things are practical skills that we can put into our toolbox. And we don't ever forget them after we learn them. They just kind of go into this pouch and then we get to have that for the rest of our lives. For me, when I first learned all these skills, I didn't really think that I needed them, to be honest. And and I feel like a lot of my peers kind of feel that way. We feel like we're able to manage it on our own. We're getting by. But I guess as I was transitioning into junior year, I reflected on that and I thought to myself, I can't repeat sophomore year. <laughs> <laughs> because that was chaotic. It was like all the procrastination, not being organized, not being interested in what I was studying. It was just about a lack of motivation. And also, I don't know, I, I felt like there had to be more. Before junior year, I did a lot of self-reflection and suddenly I had all of these skills that I had picked up from Vivensity's app and their video library. And I realized the target audience of all of these things definitely includes me. <laughs> I need these things. And it was a really amazing revelation because I think the cool thing about mental health that a lot of people don't realize is that once you start working on it or at least 
once you make an intention to improve your social emotional health, the positive effect that results from that compounds to all the aspects of your life. So if you improve your sleep habits and your study habits, that doesn't just stick to the academic sector of your life. Suddenly you have all of this free time to spend with friends and to improve your relationship with them and to be a better listener and to understand them better. And that just improves the quality of all your relationships, even the ones with your teachers and your parents. I was able to dive back into them a little bit and I think that passion and that finding out what I really like and how I was like in a sense like useful to my community and my like world at large that's what started getting me actually excited about life so that's amazing such a such a great story and you said that you didn't necessarily see yourself as in crisis but I'm wondering if in looking around at your friend community would you say that some of your peers really are in mental health crisis yeah, I would definitely say so. And the thing is, even with me, I think I was just lacking the self-awareness to see that I too was in a crisis of sorts. The thing with being in high school is like, sometimes we can accept help, but there's kind of a resistance because we want to be independent and we want to see ourselves as like capable and we know what we're doing and that, that sort of thing. So it's very hard to take a step back and say, you know, it would really help me to invest some time into building this soft skill set. In the Bay Area especially, I would say we have a tendency to devalue these soft skills like listening and self-care, uh, those sort of things in comparison to like learning Java or like taking AP Bio, <laughs> things like <laughs> Which is interesting because so many companies companies now are saying that they, their workforce, the incoming workforce is really lacking these people skills, these communication skills and listening and the kinds of things that you're talking about. I think I figured that those kinds of skills, communication and people skills, for whatever reason, I thought they developed on their own. <laughs> you mentioned Vivincity. Was Vivincity a resource that your school was using and had been using for a while? So my school actually did not use Vivencity and we didn't have any sort of fixed social emotional curriculum. So I joined my school's SEL task force, they call it, in my senior year. So we are currently on the track to adopting a fixed curriculum. So then how did you, how were you introduced to Vivencity? Where did you find it or access to it? For me, it's always been an interest to understand how humans think and how our feelings work and things like that. So I got involved with the nonprofit that I mentioned, and it's called the Darka Foundation. And through the founder of Darka Foundation, Dr. Lena Consode, I was introduced to Vivencity. And then I became acquainted with their product, and I realized that that was something that I, I was really passionate about. And that's the idea of a fixed mental health curriculum in schools. I have this one friend, she says like, change, like it all starts in kindergarten. <laughs> we so underestimate the role of school in providing us with all of these skills. In case you're there listening and wondering, what exactly is this thing they keep mentioning, Vivensity? I asked Malavika to give us a clearer picture. 
So it has this app called I'm Sparked, and we also have this extra feature, I would say, that we've added to our program, and it works with Quirky Studio and Google Classroom, and basically how it works is the program is like very well integrated with Google Classroom in the sense that you kind of join it, and then you go to it, and it's this whole program, and there are different units, and one of them would be, say, developing empathy, and one of them would be uh, communication skills. So there would be all of these different units focusing on different topics and their videos and their questions where you work on them yourself. So kind of just a self-reflection prompt. And there would be peer reflections and peer discussions, which I thought was very important because a big part of my growth was talking about what I was going through and what I was trying to reach with my friends who were kind of in the same boat. It was a strange realization because it was like, if all of us have been thinking this whole this whole time, then how are we even functioning and like getting through high school? And why haven't we talked about it? And why are all of us sitting here thinking that we're the only ones that feel this way? Mm -hmm. Because there was never an opportunity to for anyone to ask or say, are you struggling with this? So if I'm hearing right, it's not just you sitting there doing something alone on a screen and it's not a series of worksheets, but it gives you the opportunity to do some work yourself, but then also facilitates conversation and work with your peers, maybe with family members or maybe with a teacher. Am I understanding that right? Exactly, exactly. And teachers and parents are a part of this process. And I thought that was really amazing because I could see that they weren't just working to focus on one specific area of growth, but they were really wanting to facilitate that growth across all these different aspects, right? So your relationship with your parents and your relationship with your teachers. And I also think it's important as someone who is invested in your own self-growth, right? We want the people in our lives to be a part of that journey. Yeah. So I love that about the program that you're describing without getting too personal. I'm wondering if you would share maybe an anecdote of, I was struggling with this thing and Vivincity gave me this resource that um, looked like this and here's how I used it. And then here's how it helped me to interact or uh, find a solution. Of course, of course. So I think something that I struggled with since I, I would say like middle school or so was being the listener in a conversation. I always thought of myself as the talker, which is completely the wrong attitude to take. Which isn't really a conversation, but yeah, I mean, we do. We think of it like that for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, exactly. So between two friends, there should never be like a designated person who talks like 70% of the time, person who listens 70% of the time. <laughs> that shouldn't, it should never ever be there. Um, so I was a slow learner on that front. <laughs> As so many of us are. <laughs> So something that I started to get more aware of while I was working on my own growth was people skills and being a good conversationalist. And I saw that, so Vivencity in their video library on I'm Smart, they have all of these different rows and the different rows have all these different topics like bullying, cyberbullying, conflicts with your parents, like listening skills like the one I mentioned, and then dealing with, I would say, like conflicts with your friends. Be like whenever I, I needed to work on something, the option was always provided to me. Are there, sorry to interrupt, I'm just curious as you're talking about the library, are there resources for students who are facing some pretty serious 
mental health issues like self-harm or suicidal ideation? Are, are there resources for those kinds of things? The video library is part of a bigger program, so we don't want them to be tackling those sorts of more serious issues all on their own, just like watching a video. I feel like that's such a band-aid for a bullet wound type thing. We do have things in place uh, for those more serious mental health concerns, uh, but we don't want to limit them just to the videos. So it's kind of specific parts in the unit where after you answer a certain reflection prompt it's like this is how you can approach your teacher about it this is how you can speak to a peer about it there are also a lot of peer things specifically designed for that purpose right because we find it a lot easier to talk to our friends and our classmates about our true emotions than I would say like adults or just like a computer screen. So I would watch these videos and they were so specific. They talked a lot about asking more questions while other people are talking, not trying to formulate like an answer or some just some sort of like counter response, like just being there in the moment and listening to what they're trying to say. And it also, it just taught me a lot about, it's not so much about me. <laughs> it's also about there's so much that you can learn from other people. And I feel that all these videos, so they work with the unit. And because I had to reflect and write all these responses and then also watch the videos and then talk to my peers about it, they really help you understand why should you ask questions in conversations? Why should you make eye contact in this sort of way and not interrupt? I feel that the resources that they provided, they really helped me see almost the kind of person that I wanted to become. All of a sudden, I could see very clearly for myself a few months from now, once I've gone through more of this program and understood more about communication skills and social emotional skills, I want to be the kind of person who people can come to for a safe space, who people can talk to about, you know, their feelings or their thoughts or whatever. And I'm going to be the kind of person who doesn't pressure anyone to open up, but naturally makes it easier for other people to talk about what's on their mind. That's so great. I mean, and the idea of what you said before, that these are skills. I think that a lot of people have traditionally thought that that's just that person's personality, or that's just the way they are. That's their temperament. As if we can't change, you know, our personal skills or our listening skills or our communication style. And we absolutely can. So you said though, that Vivencity wasn't being used by your school. So if um, for teachers listening and educators listening, if they're considering a a resource like Vivencity for the school, where and when would it be used? So honestly, I think, so the curriculum is very flexible. Technically, theoretically, it could be incorporated into a math class or a science class, but I think in my personal opinion, it has to be incorporated into a class with a teacher who genuinely cares about the social emotional health of their students, right? Be teachers who really feel at their core. This is, I. it's part of my responsibility as a teacher to help my students develop these critical thinking skills and social emotional skills. The thing with the curriculum is it can be broken up into all of these tiny little chunks as I mentioned like just like 10 minutes or 20 minutes. So all I imagine is if a teacher or an administrator were to want to work a fixed mental health curriculum into their schools all you have to do is just put in maybe like one self-reflection prompt 
and one mini peer discussion for like five to seven minutes. So all together that would take maybe 10 to 15 minutes and that would happen maybe once a week or twice a week. I think also having students kind of take the initiative because we learn a lot from example and especially from our own peers. So having a, a student kind of take charge in each class, kind of the designated peer leader, I would say. Someone in that stance, or maybe it rotates on like a weekly basis or a monthly basis so that everyone has a chance to get involved. I mean, honestly, a lot of schools, my kids' school, for example, their high school has a program or class period that's called advisement. And every student has to take it and you're with the same kids from freshman year through senior year in your advisement class. And that class, I think, was originally set out with social emotional learning in mind. I'm, I'm, I don't think they called it that back then, but I think that was the original intention of that class period. And it just became kind of a homeroom slash extra study hall. A lot of schools already have that in place and they're just not using it or maximizing it in the ways that they could be for social emotional learning. Because like you said, it doesn't really have to take that long. It's not a whole class period. It's a check-in. Sounds like Vivencity would, it's because it's an app, students have it on their phone so they can do some kind of a, of an activity at school, but then they also have it available to them 24 seven. Is that true? As for specific activities, I would say there's so many that I've seen that are kind of intended to work on your connection with your parents and just strengthen that bond. I think the thing with a lot of us is like there are specific set of things that we talk to our parents about. For example, like maybe we'll talk to them about our grades and maybe we'll talk to them about like our college things. But we wouldn't really turn to them like if we were dealing with, oh, like I'm fighting with my friend, that sort of thing. I think some of us would, but there are also a lot of us who wouldn't, right? So the Vivantity prompts, they kind of focus on opening up with our parents and like having that mutual sharing in these topics that we don't always talk to them about. And sometimes it's silly and sometimes it's very genuine. For example, one of the silly things would be like play a round of Django with your parents or like do 10 jumping jacks together and like <laughs> the thing about exercise is it's connected to all of these like hormones and it releases them and for whatever reason you do 10 jumping jacks with them it just feels kind of nice and then one of the more serious ones would be reflect on the most meaningful moment that you guys have shared as a family in the past year and then how does it feel to share that it's not meant to just answer the question but it might even be the start to an incredible conversation and having the app tell you to do it as opposed to figuring out how to pull up the internal motivation to do something like that it's very different like I'm not going to wake up one day and be like today I'm going to work on like bonding with my mom <laughs> but at the same time when you're following a unit for example developing empathy and you've watched the video and you worked on the self-reflection prompt you've talked to your peers and you've read an article and the next it's the parent connection part of it you'll be like okay once you actually start and you talk to your parents it's like open the dam and like everything rushes out yeah it's just giving that opportunity to create a new habit or a new way of doing or a new way of connecting that maybe isn't that hard once you try it. It seems weird before you do. Do you have times where now that you've been using 
this resource for a while, that you'll be going through your day just realizing that, oh, I'm I'm using that skill. It's become a part of me. It's just become the way I do things now. Yes, definitely. So the first way that I uh, I started that was with the listening skills. And then I think following that, I would say emotional regulation and just being aware of my emotions. So I've always been kind of an overthinker and I express my feelings and I feel them very deeply. And I always thought of that of as kind of a negative thing about myself. Like if I had a fight with one of my friends, I would like run through it in my mind and imagine all the ways I could have responded to it and dealt with it a little better. But something that I learned through using I'm Sparked and all of these units was your emotions are not something to hate or be mad at or be frustrated with. And I felt that growing up, there was such a thing that those taught to me the goal in life your goal should be to be happy right and you should you should you should just do things that make you happy and anything that makes you sad or mad no <laughs> a big no you should not be sad you should not be mad so i really all through my middle school years i would say if i was sad or mad i would just be very frustrated and like like i shouldn't be feeling this way like not supposed to be this way even though it's a normal emotion, you had the feeling that this isn't supposed to be happening. Mm -hmm. So it felt like my life goal was to eliminate all negative emotions, just have the positive ones. I think that's our Western mindset. We want to avoid anything uncomfortable or unpleasant. So with Vivancity, a main theme is emotions deserve to be felt. And we all have the same set of emotions. We all feel anger, we all feel jealousy, we all feel sad. And that's not a, that's not like a, there's something wrong with you. Your body is not trying to work against you. It's just simply telling you all these things to look out for. For example, if a person says something to you, you start to feel kind of icky and uncomfortable. That's telling you, maybe you should be drawing a boundary here. Maybe that thing that this person said to you isn't so okay. To understand those triggers and to understand why we feel those emotions, it's such a big, big key to learning about yourself and being able to be a better friend to yourself. So something that all these units taught me was when I feel an emotion such as disappointment or self-doubt or sadness, I need to give myself a period of time to actually feel these things. I need to be like, okay, that happened and that was very disappointing and I'm sorry I had to go through that and you know, it, it's totally valid that I feel this way. Because any other person who went through what I just did, they would also feel disappointed. And then let's think about how to reflect through this, how to work through it, and move on. And it's not a move on straight into happiness, la la land kind of thing. The main point I feel like is to be resilient and to be content and to be satisfied with your life. Malavika, it's so encouraging listening to you as a young person just out of high school using the kind of language and having the kind of self-awareness that you're expressing right now because when I was going through school <laughs> their social emotional learning was not even a thing and pretty much our approach was the opposite of what you just described it was are you mad don't be mad are you sad don't be sad cheer up that was our approach to social social emotional learning 
cheer up. So men, so much of what you're talking about are is a learning curve for your teachers who, who are from my generation or probably a little bit younger because we did not have this kind of learning ourselves. And so many of us are learning it now in therapy as adults because we didn't get it and we didn't get it from our parents because they didn't get it. And so what I'm curious about is, is a resource like Vivencity helpful to teachers who don't feel equipped to deliver this kind of learning from their own experience or from their own teacher training how can Vivincity support those educators? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, I think, so I'm very happy to say that I, the people at Vivincity kind of really thought that through, thought ahead, and there are units for both parents and teachers. And the awesome thing is that a lot of themes between the students and the teachers are identical. Right, so it's not as though you're exploring a completely different path than your students are. As a teacher, you would be engaging in very similar activities and watching very similar videos to the ones that the students are. So it's kind of this side-by-side -side growth that you can embark on together. I think, honestly, the thing with schools is it just takes so long to have these conversations. And in the meantime, the students are kind of flailing. But I think schools need to make it much more of a priority. If a teacher is struggling and a teacher is thinking like, how am I supposed to talk to my students about emotional regulation skills if I myself am a work in progress, right? Then if you feel like you need more resources, certainly I think just reach out to the Vivencity team and there will be help. And is it fairly easy for teachers to implement this regardless of where they're at in the process? The resources still easy to use, easy to implement. It doesn't really rely on their expertise. Yes, definitely. Because the units are not quite designed like it's like a teacher teaching students, right? Because that would imply like the teachers are like masters of social emotional skills, students are lacking in them. But I think Vivencity is very much conscious of the fact that we are all works in progress and we're all in different stages of this sort of learning. Um, there are some students who are very emotionally intelligent and can handle this. Some students who haven't quite learned how to cope with stress yet. All of those levels of progress are okay. And same with teachers. So the teachers are not standing at the front of the class teaching, but the program is more designed to empower individuals to help themselves. So like like here are a set of resources and here's how you can reflect on them and talk about them and think through them to empower yourself to grow mentally strong and resilient and content and mature, all of these things. And have you seen it make an impact on some of your friends and peers as well? I would definitely say so. My entire intern team, we all, every single week, right, we gather and we use the I'm Sparked app and the Google Classroom resource and the units. And we are also helping design them, but uh, which I think makes the process even more fulfilling. But ultimately, we have to put those to practice and we have to do the units all the way from start to finish. And I think all of us have gained so so much because starting out we were all just like the average like 15 year old 14 year old 16 year old kind of just like focused on school and all of these things and i find that working on this and taking part in these activities they've helped my conversations with my peers evolve 
to be much more centered on, I would say, genuine, important things. Like, how are we really doing? If I had to pick one takeaway from using the Vivencities app and these resources, it would say it's building a culture of reflection in yourself and just really normalizing it, uh, reflecting on things with your friends, doing it by yourself, just checking in with where you are and like trying to understand yourself better, like how you would like check in on a friend or like a family member. It's it's really the key to everything self-growth related. Mm-hmm. It is. It's, it's st- learning to stop and say, why am I doing what I'm doing right now? Why am I feeling what I'm feeling right now? And what you said a minute ago, I feel like it's giving, it's creating a framework and language and a model teaching people how to go to a deeper level of relationship with each other. Could an individual teacher just say, yeah, my, my district or my school like yours doesn't have a solid social emotional learning program and we're, we're just not there yet, but I really see the need for this for my students. Can that teacher reach out? Definitely. If an individual teacher were to reach out to us, basically we would give them a lot of resources for like, this is how we work, here's more information so you can learn more about us. These are the kinds of programs that we have. And then we would work with that teacher to bring it up to their school administration. Because we can't really work on a, like a in one individual class kind of basis, but definitely that one individual teacher can be the bridge to incorporating this curriculum into their school. Malavika has worked as an intern at Vivencity for two years, helping to curate resources from the perspective of her peer group. And she's realized that to be the most effective, social-emotional learning has to be taught from preschool on up. Habits and ways of thinking are harder to change the older we get, so we can't suddenly spring these skills on students in middle school or high school. If I had a picture of an ideal world, an ideal future, something that I want to work towards in my adult career, it would be establishing that sort of curriculum in every single school in our community and having kids grow up learning emotional regulation, stress management skills, and being capable of having a positive relationship with themselves and with others. If we all are taught to value different things, then, oh, how can I profit? How can I win? How can I succeed? If we are not taught to value those questions and instead we're taught to value questions like, how can I be a good person? How can I be the best version of myself? How can I have genuine connections with my community? If we are thinking about those questions instead, I cannot even imagine the kind of ripple effects that would create. If you also are imagining the ripple effects of a cutting-edge, impactful, relevant social-emotional learning platform available to students 24-7 and so easy and seamless for teachers, then you can head to edcuration.com and connect with Vivencity. You can also connect to them directly through the episode notes, where you'll find a link to Malavika's book, The Gift That Keeps on Giving, and some other helpful links. And while you're scrolling, we'd sure appreciate you scrolling on down to the ratings and reviews and leaving us a few seconds of feedback there. It helps new listeners find our content so we can keep it coming. If there's a particular topic or resource you'd like to hear about on an upcoming episode, let us know in the comments. And we hope you'll join us again next week here on the Ed Curation Podcast.